Blog Talk Radio. that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening. This is Marty Oakley, PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network, and this is In the Mix with me and Kaz. Um, if you've been keeping up with things, you know everything is exploding everywhere on every level. Um, <clears throat> I don't know personally, as a country, how we're going to survive all that's happening. I don't care what your political affiliations are. Um we are under attack, in my opinion, by our own government and have been for a long time in various sectors. One of the things we address on this show is guardianship abuse. And this is these predatory guardians coming in, uh, targeting an elderly person with assets, or if they're doing it by volume, 20, 30, 1,500 of them, and taking their Social Security and uh, stashing them in a, some warehouse or in the case of that we'll be talking about tonight, an elderly woman who was quite wealthy in the last year and a half of her life spent in guardianship while they drained her assets. We cannot get one senator, not one representative, either state or federal, to honestly address this issue. They either feign ignorance, they never heard of such a thing, why, it must be an isolated incident. Well, how come nobody told them about it? Well, they're going to look into it, and they'll get back to you. No, they're not. No, they're not. And if they do, you know, put your boots on because you're going to be wading in deep doo-doo. I had never thought I'd see this day, but our elderly are being targeted and culled. Our children are being snatched by CPS and sold into adoption. They're making money hand over fists with foster care, forced adoptions, DNA collection, and your state is getting funded through Title IV Social Security to do it. With the elderly, there are block grants out of Title XX Social Security. Millions and millions and millions of dollars each year every state gets in block grants 
and millions of dollars of that are earmarked for elder services. All of that money goes straight into their treasury, no strings attached, and they don't have to account for it. The way they deal with elderly issues is target them, guardianize them. When they're drained of all their assets, either drug them to death or put them in hospice and have them do it. Uh, Being besieged by our own government, I don't care how you look at it, We don't have anyone in government who cares. And whatever this system is that's rolling, they're part and parcel of it. They're failure, abject failure, to stand up and object to this and try to put a stop to it tells you everything you need to know about these people you're voting for. This has to change. And we are working on ways and methods to do that. And, of course, we're running into a mighty resistance. But just as a quick reminder before we get to our guests, which I'm very honored to have on, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit. As I understand, it will take place this year, the 29th through 31st of July, and it will be, again, by video because of the fake COVID thing. You know, you wouldn't want anybody getting, you know, a cold or anything. But anyway, uh, that's where we're at. And I just already got a message here. Yes, I am outspoken. I say what I think. And Carol, if that upsets you, tough crunchies, honey. I'm tired. I've been as nice as I'm going to be. I'm just as, that's just it. And it's one thing to piss me off, but you don't want to make me mad. And I'm quite frankly, I'm mad. So, like I say, you know how to hang up. Just push the button, sweetie. Anyway, my co-host tonight as always on Friday nights, except when she's claiming she's busy at her bakery, uh, <laughs> is Coscape. Oz, welcome to the show. Oh, good good evening, Marty and everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's going to be a great yes. night. There's so much going on. I think we should real quick yes. just talk about the Netflix movie. That is getting so much buzz. And well, the Guardian. Yes, it is, but you know. Yeah. The Guardians that was on Dirty Money on there, they pulled that. Mm-hmm. They pulled it because that attorney that they outed in that episode turned around and sued them and sued Lisa Belanger. Lisa didn't put that in that documentary piece. Jigsaw Productions did. But they turned around to save their own butts and threw in with the attorney that's going after Lisa. I don't have any time for Netflix. But anyway, y'all do what you want. Um, yeah. Our guest tonight is um, Terry LaPointe. She has her own website, one tremendous writer, I mean, just tremendous, uh, called Real News Spark. And she publishes her articles there. We carry them on the PPJ Gazette. We have one up there now, which is the topic for this evening about Joanne Bashinsky. And she was the heiress to the Golden Flake Potato Chips fortune. And Terry wrote an extensive article about what happened to her the last year and a half of her life. She was targeted and hijacked and lived the last days in guardianship. And as I understand it, it was pure hell. So with that, Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Marty, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Now, we met Terry out at the summit here two years ago. Um, she came yeah. to the summit. That was the first time I ever met her. Yeah. 
Cuz, did you meet her? No, I did because I, I was. I don't think I was there. I was there the year that um, that Gretchen spoke. Okay. That was the first I think year that I was went. Year. Was that the thing? That I was running was all over the place out there, and yeah. And uh, I heard Gretchen ran so, into Cherry. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. I'm so sad that we didn't meet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sad that we didn't meet. That was the crazy. That was a really awesome event. Yeah. And there were so many yeah. people there that I just couldn't. Yeah. And, I, you know, so I, because of our panel, um, there was a, a, a tremendous increase in uh, attendance to the summit. So I was mm-hmm. quite proud of that. But, uh, oh, yeah. hey, Terry, um, you've gotten into the guardianship issue. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. um, what, what's, your, what's your take on that, sweetie? <laughs> well, as, as you know, um, your listeners may not know, for years, for more than four years, I covered stories of medical kidnapping from medicalkidnap.com, uh, usually dealing with children taken by Child Protective Services. And the stories that I heard there and investigated and vetted are so similar to the guardianship stories. I covered a few guardianship stories, and we had some other writers that covered uh, some of the guardianship stories. But I, my main focus at that time was on the children. But it, it, it mm-hmm. is mind-boggling to see the similarities between family or juvenile court and probate court and to see the same yes. Injustice to see the same lack of real evidence to see the same um, almost blueprints and patterns in in these things that that we see with child protective services and foster care and what disgusts yes. me the most what breaks my heart is that we have turned children and our elderly and disabled people into commodities who are viewed for the dollar signs that they represent more than the precious people that they were created by God to be. These are our loved Mm -hmm. ones, our people that it may be your grandmother or aunt or um, cousin or your high school English teacher or the the baby of your next door neighbor or or the 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 child that's disabled of the the family you go to church with it, it's people all around us and there's um, I heard Connie Ray say today she's an attorney that deals with CPS I heard her say today that that just anybody in America is is no more than three people removed for one of these cases. Wow. It is yes. so rampant. It is widespread. It is, and so few people realize what a major problem it is because I believe that the assumption of the public, the general public, is if somebody's in this situation, there's a good reason for it, and we don't need to argue yeah. with it. it there's, a, there's a good reason. But what I've discovered yeah. after after so many of these cases is that, there's not a good reason. And sometimes it, it no. amounts to petty jealousy or some mm-hmm. vindictiveness on the part of someone who who says something and gets a whole world of hurt for somebody because of just yes. greed or pettiness. 
Well, and that's the way it is, too, Terry. You know, I've been talking about this for years, about them having commodified us. Every piece of legislation that comes out that supposedly is going to deal with this goes first um, to the um, uh, Commerce and Energy Committee. You're not energy, so you must be in commerce. And then it gets doled out to, like, health and human services or elders, you know. But it goes first into this commerce thing. You are in commerce, they are treating wow. you like a saleable, tradable, tradable good, and they are buying mm-hmm. and selling us. Our own government refers to us as human capital. We, <laughs> do you remember years wow. ago where, like, at your employer, um, years ago your employer had a human services department. That got changed to, what was it? It used to be personnel, and it got changed to human services. And I didn't think of anything of it at the time, but it turns out there's a whole different – John LeCron has taught me, pay attention to those words. They all have meaning. Personnel identifies you as an individual with rights. And human services, neither of those things is true. You are simply a unit. And um, mm. it's just – I mean – it. When I figured those things out, you look at legislation that comes out, Terry, it'll have this wonderful title to it. You know, we're going to save all the old people from guardianship, you know, Bill. But then you read the bill, and the title is an outright lie. Uh, it, Mm -hmm. It basically gets into, I've seen this happen in several states. Minnesota, for example, had a bill come out last year, 3771. And all this, it was written mostly by advocates and and a couple of representatives. It was a good bill. It truly was. <laughs> when it came out for the mm-hmm. final vote, and this is what people don't understand, once that bill is presented, no matter what you wrote and you think is in it, it can be amended and changed 10,000 times before they bring it to a vote and they don't have to tell you. And... So what gets passed bears little to no resemblance to what you put together. But here this bill made lawful, legal, something that the guardians and the probate judges were already doing. And that was the breaking into trusts. They're not supposed to be able to do that. The discarding of uh, uh, legal agreements, you know, estates, wills, they could break into those. If you had a trust, they could remove the beneficiary. And name one of their choosing, even if it was themselves. And it went on to say that they could relocate the elderly person out of state if they chose to, which, of course, they're not supposed to do. And But it went through, and what it was doing was codifying into law everything these people were doing anyway. And then they were trying to make it retroactive. So it went back 10 years. You couldn't, you know. And But this goes on all wow. the time, uh, this trickery with legislation. That's why I say we've got nobody in government that is going to deal with this honestly. And then you have a federal government who now owes Social Security more than $4 trillion. That's from the surplus, okay? They have no mm-hmm. way to pay it back. And they call it an intra-governmental debt, meaning we stole it from here, and we don't know how we're going to pay it back. And we can't go back to the people we stole it from to begin with and retax them. So what are we going to do? I know. Let's get rid of the beneficiaries. <laughs> and yeah. so you don't, 
you reduce the claims and like that. But this, there's all this behind the scenes garbage that goes on in trying to deal with these politicians and get them to address this, no matter how egregious these cases are. How many of them we out and expose? There's absolute silence from our politicians. Mm. They won't respond. Why they didn't know about it. Why they never heard of such a thing. Well, you must have done something wrong. No, mm. the thing I did wrong was coming to you. And um, I, I don't know how we're going to address this. We've been beating at this for years, Terry. Uh, yours is some of the best writing out there on this that I've seen. And, uh, I mean, I write too, but not as extensively. But you do a tremendous job of telling the story in a chronological manner where by the time you get to the end of the article, you're ready to get up and punch holes in the wall. You're mad. (laughs) Um, And this is what should happen with our politicians, but it doesn't. It's just like, well, another one bites the dust. Um, I just, I don't know. When you got a hold of this story, Terry, what was your first reaction to it? I I actually heard about it um, early on, and it was just when mm-hmm. I was when I was getting to the stage where I was not doing nearly as much writing, and I, I'd kind of taken a step back. But I had that feeling, honestly, that there was something about this story that was going to bring attention to this and, and I and I truly believe this. I wrote it even at the end of my article. I believe that this story has the potential to make a difference and to be that thing that that God uses to break through. Because mm. so many of the stories we hear about have to do with just us normal people. Us people mm-hmm. that are just the run of the mill people normal people. This lady, Mrs. Bashinsky, they called her Mama B or Mrs. B. She was beloved. She was she was Alabama's um, philanthropist. She was the Golden Flake uh-huh. heiress, and everybody loved Golden Flake potato chips, right? And she yeah. was the heir to the fortune. But not only was she involved with that, that sizable estate, she truly loved people. She was well yeah. known for her philanthropy. Um, efforts. She she was not able to go to um, college, or her parents I'm sorry, were not able to afford to send her to college. So when she finally did get to college, she made a vow that she would, if she ever got money, she would see to it that any kid that wanted to go to college would be able to go. She would be, she would work to make sure that happened. And then when wow. um, she and her husband had the, the the Golden Flake, when that was doing really well, they established a foundation to help the, the children of the Golden Flake employees. If they wanted to go to college, they went. They provided scholarships. In fact, just even um, in the past couple of years, she established, established a college fund at Miles College, which is a um, predominantly African-American um, college. She had a heart mm-hmm. for education. Over um, over the course of her um, lifetime, she gave over $17 million for scholarships and for educational supplies and, and helping people with schools. And wow. I mean, oh, wow. I mean, it was hugely important to her. And then the, the Big Oak Ranch, she helped the kids there. Um, she would get Christmas presents for them. She made she did things for for kids for, that were uh, disadvantaged. 
she was well known for for giving and for helping people. And in fact, I went to an event a couple years ago um, with Dr. Gina Loudon was in in Birmingham hosting an event, the Yellowhammer News Awards. Um, it was like awards of uh, it was women of. I forget the name. It's good. It's good to me. It was it was a, a an event to to acknowledge women of impact. That's what it was. Women of impact, and she received an award there for her um, work because she truly is a woman in the state of Alabama who has who has, whose life has made a huge impact. She was loved. Uh-huh. She was um, she was treasured. Uh, she was she had one grandson biological, and um, she had three stepchildren, and her she had, her one daughter has had passed away. So her only blood heir was her grandson, and he was going to get everything. Uh-huh. So, uh, besides okay. what she had um, had planned on giving to different organizations and all of that, but there yeah. were a couple of disgruntled employees that had been fired, longtime trust employees that. Looks like they they may have been um, they may have been trying to figure out how to uh, get more get get the money, and so yes. when they were fired, they went straight to the probate court the same day, at the same day, oh and filed to and filed to have her put under a guardianship and um and conservatorship. They filed both an emergency petition and a permanent petition. And they did it based on they oh, got wow. a doctor. They got a doctor who had seen her um uh they her family said they'd seen this doctor maybe thirty minutes or something. It was just it was not her regular doctor. And this doctor said, Oh yeah, she's got dementia. I say she wrote up something, and and uh-huh. that's something that we see here: is doctors saying something yes. to that that can be that can be easily refuted by doctors who either know the person or and their history, or know um, the condition that somebody has. In the case of somebody that's special needs or something, let me say this: right. from all reports of people that 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 I've talked with, seem to be quite credible. And from doctors' uh, doctors' um, reports, including her doctor that knew her for knew her well, and doctors that um, that took time to do some extensive testing, she did not have dementia. She didn't have dementia right. at all. But because there oh, was wow. an allegation, and some doctor made up that she had dementia, went to a judge, and this judge signed off on this, and they didn't they didn't even know about it until. Someone walked up into the house, followed somebody into the garage, and and went into the house and sat down in her office with her assistant, and um, and said, uh, "Here's here's my card," I'll, I'll be, and uh, with, basically with the attitude, "I'll be taking things from here," and that that's how they wow. found out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. There, there was no warrant. There was no. He didn't hand them the paperwork, and that was apparently that came up later in in um, in the when they were able to file a Supreme Court uh, um, document that that they were not actually given the full documents the 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 papers to show what was going on. Yeah. So so it, it's bada bing bada boom. Your freedom's gone. Freedom's gone. Yes. 
She couldn't, she, she had said in one interview, she couldn't even go get an ice cream cone. They took over her finances. Well, they took over everything. Well, and that's what I've tried yeah. to explain to people as has cause uh, on many of these cases. What you have to understand is when this happens, you become a thing. Your identity is stolen from you, and that guardian will now represent themselves as you. They'll present themselves as you legally can do this. Um, your Not only is your identity taken, access to your own money, your own assets, your own home, everything is gone. It's all handed to that guardian who can do with it whatever they please. Now, they're required annually to file an audit report showing how much money they spent and why they spent it and what, what it was on. They rarely ever do. And even when they're ordered to by these so-called courts, do they ever produce one? And even if they do produce one, nobody ever looks at it. And this this happens every day. People understand this. This happens every day just because it happens hasn't happened to you or one of your family members yet. Don't get too comfy. Um, right, exactly. Terry, you you were able to talk to her before she passed away? Yes, I got to meet her one time, and, and I was able to tell her that I felt like her story was going to make a difference. And and mm-hmm. and I and we didn't get to talk very long, but I know, I know that her wish, her dream was for her story to be her to her, her legacy to be that her story leads to stopping guardianship abuse. That was her dream. Mm-hmm. That was, and at the end um, of her yep. life, that was what she lived for. This woman who had a gazillion dollars, who could do anything she wanted to do, who could live the, yeah. the lifestyle of the, that, that most of us could only dream about. And at the very end, yes. her one goal was to stop this from happening to anybody else. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's the heartlessness of this that gets you the lack of empathy, yeah. sympathy, compassion. Yes. Um, these are these are predators. What scares me, yes. Terry, is that there's so many of them wandering loose in the population. These are sociopaths at the very least. Um, these people do not respond, react, or connect with the general population. You cannot prey on other human beings for your own gratification and profit and know that you have caused this much pain and misery and hardship and grief and go out and do it again the next day. Uh, that there's something Marty, wrong with I, you. I, 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 there are times I can't sleep at night that I, I lay awake or I cry my eyes out just listening to the stories. How could you yes. look at yourself in the mirror? How could you do this to somebody? How could you how could you reduce a person rich, poor, black, white? Whatever the, the situation is, there's still a person. There's a human being yes. there that you reduced a yes. dollar sign. You don't care. I don't understand that. I don't get it at all. That's why you're upset and they're not. They're not the same as you. Right. They're not yeah. the same. There's something <laughs> the missing in these people. Cause, what do you think? Well, I mean, what I find interesting is that the very same day that they were fired, they could find a doctor, find a judge, find, that they could whip all this together in the same day, and yet they were working like these evil people working right under her nose for all these years, and they had to have been plotting it somehow. How do you, 
How do you pull that yeah. off in one day? Yeah, right, right. What, one of the things that was alarming that I found out, um, there was a story that I heard last year about an Alabama school teacher who was forced onto hospice against her will, who was her, mm-hmm. she didn't, didn't have any life-threatening anything. She was just old. She was very old. She was 102 yeah. when she went on this. Wow. And and I covered her story. I got very involved, and I even went to see her at, at the nursing home where they had her trapped and kept away from her her um, daughter. And it was the same judge. Same judge in both oh, of these cases. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Probably the same guardians and the same attorneys. They seem to racketeer together. I have a question. Yes. How did you sneak past the guardian to get to meet her? I would think they would have wanted to isolate okay. her. Now, with, um, okay, with Mrs. Bashinsky, she was able to get partially free. Now, in the media, local media around here, it had it. It sounded like she was free because her case had gone to the Supreme Court of Alabama, and they had dismissed the petition. And they said that they had they had egregiously violated her due process rights, which they did. But the thing is that I found out is there were two petitions. It was only the the. Um, emergency petition that was set aside that was dismissed the the permanent position was still pending there was nothing for the supreme court to rule on because they there was there they couldn't set aside anything because there hadn't been a ruling yet it still hadn't gone to court it was still being fought so there was some measure of control that she'd gotten back but she was not out of the woods by any means yet and and one of the things that it said in the petition is um the guardian and conservator who can decisions for Mrs. Bashinsky and get consent for her care and treatment and manage finances. Now, they yes. did not end up taking over medical stuff for her. They could have. It was right there in the paperwork. It was. It's there. They could have. They could have taken over her medicines. They could have taken over where she lived, but they didn't. So she still had some measure of freedom, but here's part of it is because she had a, a Son and people around her that could fight and had the means to fight that you and I don't have, that most of the general population okay. doesn't have. So mm-hmm. they they were fighting it. They were fighting it with everything within them, to and every legal thing. So um, so uh-huh. she still had a measure of freedom, but she was still fighting. And in fact, the last two weeks of her life, which was Incidentally, the uh, the week before Christmas and the week after Christmas, the the predators, um, the the people, I'm sorry, the, the people that had filed these petitions were still involved in a trust and they were on the boards and things. So oh. they were they were trying to get her to make some huge decision about the family trust. So all of a sudden, she's okay to make these decisions. Even though she was had too much mm-hmm. dementia to make decisions the year before, they kept pushing oh, yeah. her to make a big financial decision, and and they had a lot of stress. So she was dealing with all of this up until she died, and she had a heart attack um, just right after the new year, and she passed away on January the third of this year. So this was oh. uh, the the stress of it was was incredible and I, I spoke with her assistant who t- who said that um that the she she held up 
as well as could be expected, she was she was a very positive lady, and she uh, had her hope in God. She said, "God's going to work this out. God's going to do something." And she had a she kept a positive attitude, which is possibly why she was in the position that she was for all those years. Of um, she she had a good attitude, but in the end, it was just it was beating her down. And she had said, "This is this is just yeah. beating me down." And and it, they just wore her down. And you're, she was yeah. 89 years old. She should have been able to go play bridge, go go see the children, yeah. go do this, go yeah. do that, or sit and and ha, and have have tea with her friends and neighbors that came over or whatever. She should have been able to enjoy her life. But because yeah. of all of this stuff, she couldn't. And right. and whether right. you're in a nursing home or whether you're in your own home, you should, you should have to be fighting these battles just for the right to be. Yes. Just because somebody and deliver your... in a court. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. People don't understand about this. You you basically cease to exist. Whatever you want doesn't yes. matter. Whatever you need isn't going to be provided. Uh, what these people will do to you, because once you're in that position, and we see a clear pattern of this over and over, the situation becomes abusive very quickly, physically abusive, Mm -hmm. very quickly. Uh, The neglect starts right away. And everything is done to these people, Terry, possible to dehumanize them. And that is they take hearing aids, they take glasses, they take dentures, anything you need to help complete your life to keep other Leonard. Yes, mm-hmm. they take so, everything away. And go ahead. Uh, well, I went, in the go end, ahead. who who got all the money? Did her grandson get what she probably wanted him to have, or did they get it they're, all? They're fighting. They're, 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 it's all tied up in court now. At, this, oh. this is, you're not even going to believe this part. This is thoroughly disgusting. At the memorial service. While they are paying their last respects to this woman that they love dearly, their phone started going off because they were getting simultaneous alerts that these same people had filed um, filed some uh, lawsuits against the estate, and they got the notice oh my God. during the memorial service. They couldn't that, even oh. get to bury her and and have their day to grieve and 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 honor her. That's disgusting. I mean, that, Christmas. It, what a it, bunch it, of low life. How do you go so low? Yeah. I don't. Uh, they I don't enjoy it. it. Well, they enjoy yeah. and they enjoyed their timing. Oh, so so the grandson who who should be able to be in the he's in the grieving process now he's got he's going to courts and he's talking to lawyers and he's having to deal with all of this stuff instead of just being able to process his grief. Gee, many Christmas, and that's disgusting to me. Mm -hmm. Gee, many Christmas. I, I, you know, every time you hear these stories, you think it can't get any worse, and then it does. And, uh, you know, like I say, we we have got to come up with a solution. We have got to come up with it. We cannot trust government to do this. They're not going to. One thing we do know is they want rid of the elderly. We know that. Mm-hmm. We are considered a waste population. And whether you have money or you don't, the government considers you part of a disposable waste population. You are no longer 
profitable. They cannot tax you in most cases. Um, they cannot tax you. They can't extort you for anything, and you're here to get a payout on your lifelong investment in Social Security. They don't want to pay you. So uh, th- this, and I think this is the main reason they sit there in silence, but there's a lot more to this. Terry, if you've ever noticed, if the, anything comes out on this from the government, it always mentions stakeholders, never the public, never the families, never the victims, stakeholders, the people in private business who intend to profit from what they're doing. Here recently, I was doing research from a piece I'm working on. I went to all these age care committees and the elder abuse committee and this one, and, and I, oh, they were just, and honest God, there was all they talked about was abuse by family members that usually it was family members. No, it isn't. It's usually these professional predators. They never mm-hmm. mention them. They never mentioned guardianship or these probate courts. None of this. They acted like if you hear this happening, it's a family member who's doing it or maybe somebody that was a neighbor in the community. They never address, allude to, go anywhere near the issue of these predator guardians. And nothing I read, not one thing, were they mentioned. And and see, and I hmm. see this also in the public. The stories appear in the public. It's always, it's rare that we get one that mentions these corrupt guardians. It's always some family member did it or some mm-hmm. somebody in the community. They never talk about these professional predators. And mm-hmm. when we get stories out, those of us that work independently, when we get stories out, we get questions like, can you validate this? How do you know that this is true? You can't put this out there. If you can, hey, I got the documents, buddy. Hang on. And right. um, But it just... You know, and that's one thing, and I know you do too. I tell, by the way, you write, you document everything. You document mm-hmm. everything because they they are waiting for you to mess up so they can come after you. Yeah, I mean, if I can't prove it, I'm not going to write it. So that's there that, you go. That's been my principle. I'm 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 all about the truth, but there may be things that feel like they're true, but if I can't verify it, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to publish yes. that as a true story. Well, so, you have to do um, that for your own self-protection. And, you know, and I didn't even, I don't, that's not even how I think. Just I want to be able to tell the truth. That truth is so yeah. extremely important to me. I mean, you were talking about how um, the, the way these, these predators are, are doing and it's very similar to what child protective services does. I had an attorney point out to me a couple of years ago about all the stories we see in the media about child abuse. And and we see them all the time. You see about a, a baby being hurt or a, a death of a child or whatever. Yes. But what this attorney pointed out, she said, if you'll watch, if you'll look closer in the story, read on down, far down into the story, and most of the time it's not the parents doing it. It's a right. It's a um, it's an adoptive parent or a foster parent is a whole yes. lot of these cases, and I started noticing that. And they'll call up somebody a parent, and they're not. They're a foster parent or they're an adoptive parent. They're not right. the real parent that's doing it. Now, granted, it does happen by parents, right. yes, but that is a small yes. percentage of these cases. The most. The most egregious abuse, the most horrible, horrific abuse cases are happening by people who are not related to this child. And and I was right. shocked when I started really seeing that, and, and it's true. 
So, um, and there may yeah. be family members who are calling and, and just if, with the guardianship, they may be calling because they're concerned because their sister is, feel like there's kind of manipulation going on or something like that. And then they call about, about it and they think they're going to get access. They don't realize that this person is going to come in and destroy everything and completely yes. um, destroy their mother's life or their father's life or, or, or relegate them to being a, a vegetable in a nursing home and they can't even go see them. You know, the most mm-hmm. awful phone calls, and, and you, I'm sure you've been through this, is when when somebody calls you and they're crying their eyes out, they say, they killed them, they killed my mom, they killed my dad. And there's nothing you yes. can do but but grieve with them. Nope. And you know, you know that had they not been in that situation, that their loved one might still be alive, or at least when that passed, they would have been, they would have died in the natural course <laughs> of things with yes. their loved ones by their side. But they're being yeah. robbed of that. Well, it's just like the, Title Four. It's a cash incentivized program. To steal these mm-hmm. children, force adoptions, they make money. Every time they pull one of these things off, every time they take kids, they make money. They get a bonus. Every time they collect DNA, they get a bonus. Every time, you know, they do anything in these mm-hmm. cases, they get a bonus. Right. And so it's cash incentivized. And then you've got yes, Title yes. 4D paying 66% of all administrative costs. No, and there's no cap on that. Um in each state. And so we keep this running. Yes. And, you know, I I went through this. with I raised two of my granddaughters, and about five, six years ago, they tried to force me to present them for DNA, and I refused. And so the, eventually they took me into family court. And oh, so I'm so standing sorry. there, and I had everything printed off. And so this woman, her last name was Cherry, <laughs> Stupid heifer. Um, stood up there, and in this sing-songy, whiny, best little girl baby voice she'd come up with, she said, Your Honor, we are simply trying to get the DNA so we can prove who their father is. These children need to know. And I said, Well, when they get 18, if they want to have that done, that's entirely up to them. But I said, After what these kids have been through right now, to have their DNA tested on the off chance my son isn't their father, it would destroy them. They don't need mm. to know. And the judge said to oh, me, wow. "Well, well, don't you don't you want to know?" I said, "I have years invested in these kids, and I said since the day they were born, they live with me now. And I said, and I don't care if their daddy flew in here from Mars. These are my granddaughters. Period." And he kind of looked at me, and I said, and the only thing this woman over here is after is her bonus. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, the bonus she gets for forcing these kids to be DNA tested. And she goes, your honor, she's being ridiculous. And I said, and if you don't stop talking in that whiny, sing-songy voice, I just really can't account for how I'm going to react. And she went, ah. And so I had the papers printed off from Title 4D with the URL on it and everything. I said, can I bring these up to you? And he said, yes. And I took him up there and he goes, what is this? And I said, that's the schedule. She's following to try and collect her bonus for collecting DNA. 
I said, she gets a bonus for every bit of DNA she collects. And he goes, well, he goes, he said, so he said, this isn't about their dad. It's about you getting paid. And she goes, your honor. I said, I told you about that. And anyway, Mm -hmm. he said, you need to step back. So I did. And everything. Well, then he, the way it turned out was he told her, he said, you leave these kids alone, you know, until they're. 18 he said then they can do what they want and she got mad we walked outside and we were getting my girls were sitting in the hallway and I said come on let's go and they're both scared to death and yeah they said are we going home I said where else did you think you were gonna go and so we started and this heifer comes out of the courtroom and she goes I'm not done with you I said now here's the thing with me I said, you can keep poking me with a stick, but eventually I'm going to bite you. And she looked and I said, I don't want to see you again. And um, I said, don't bother us. But it just, this is, and it's a frightening thing because if they can take those children's DNA, force it, and take those children's DNA, they can do anything they want. That is the most personal piece of property you have. And that is your property, but somebody else is trying to commandeer it. I want to know why. And they, they certainly weren't interested. Okay. I had told the judge that day, even even if it would turn out my son was not their father, you're still going to tag him for child support because his name's on the birth certificate. True. So why are we wow. here? And uh, but it's just and it's a nightmare in these courtrooms. It truly is. Um, you know, at another time over these same kids, I had a judge tell me, you will call me judge. He wasn't a judge. He was a hearing examiner. And I corrected him on that. He said, you'll call me judge. I said, well, if we're going to use fake titles, you can call me your majesty. And um, <laughs> that didn't fly, fly too well. But it just, you know, this is this is such a corrupt system. And it's openly yeah. corrupt. And it's oh, yeah. not only our elderly, but our children. They are damaging yeah. these children. And they yes, are causing they are. severe emotional, psychological trauma, not only to them, but to the elderly. And mm-hmm. how did we get here? How did we get here that this is okay? This is okay. And they hide it behind, oh, you know, we're just looking out for them. We're here to protect them. Well, who's going to protect them from you? you the know, best interest of the be child or the best interest? Do you know where that expression yeah. originated? No. It's the Nazis. No. Hitler. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, scary. Yeah, and, and the thing is, the thing is, if we, I think that normal people could have an idea of what's the best interest of a child or an elder or something like that, but what these people are doing is absolutely not in their best interest. So, these, oh, yeah. and let's go back to Mrs. Shinsky. They took over her finances where she had um, her, her bills were taken care of. As soon as the bill came in, she would pay it. She paid things immediately. She took care of things. She was very responsible. She was very conscientious about her finances. Well, these guys mm-hmm. that took over the conservators, they were not so conscientious. There were times that they wouldn't pay bills till they, they'd let them kind of drag out until the last minute. And she was stressing and freaking out because that's not the way she dealt with things. And right. there was one bill that didn't get paid until 
um, like the day or the, her, her actually, her grandson paid it the day it was due or the day before. And um, he did get eventually get reimbursed, but there was another a sizable bill, like several thousand dollars for some computer work that had been done. It had already been done, and then the conservator refused to pay for it and, and refused and refused. And she's like, look, this, this is the, they've already done the work. You, you've got to pay them. And she was, this, this created stress in her life. But uh, her grandson yeah. ended up paying, paying this bill for her and never got reimbursed, as my understanding. So then oh my God. all these things that she lived for, for helping these kids and the, the, the students to go to school, all these things that were her joy in life, she's, instead mm-hmm. of dealing with that, she's dealing with trying to talk to lawyers and in endless meetings and, and all of that. How yeah. in the world was that in her best interest? How in the world? And you know yeah. what? And here's the my thinking is uh, just just uh, this is me. I, my, I whether you've got an estate of a thousand dollars or a billion dollars, it's your money, and you until the day you die, even if you've got dementia, until the day you die, it's up to you how that money is spent. And if you want to go blow it all on a bird sanctuary or uh, yeah. go to Disney World and 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 buy everybody at the theme park some uh, an ice cream cone, whatever you want to do with it, if you want to make to people, whatever you want to do with it, it's yours. It's not some stranger that you don't even know that some judge you don't even know decides to put over your money. Right. I don't, it yeah. doesn't, it should not matter. You should be able to do with your money what you want to do. And if you put in, um, and you kind of alluded to this, Marty, about the paperwork, like the power of attorney. If you've got somebody, you've decided you want to be your power of attorney, there should not be a way for a judge to set that aside. Judge King set aside the power of attorney, both Ms. Leonard's case and Ms. Bashinsky's case. He just, Set it aside. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter what yeah. you did. And I remember the same thing happening with Lisa Belanger and her, her father, Irvin Siegel. They did the same thing. All yeah. they had, He had chosen, because Lisa Belanger was daddy's girl. She was the youngest, and, and she yeah. was a lawyer, and her brother's footsteps. He had all the paperwork all written out, all there to establish, yeah. to, to, to protect him and to protect his estate, to do what he wanted done with it. And they just set it all aside yeah. and ignored all of it. I will never and forget see, the day her father what, died. It's horrible. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, um, broke my heart. She's, she's under so much stress now. And, uh, oh, I and I love her. her. She's so wonderful. Oh, I She is. She oh, is. she's precious. And she's, yeah, and she'll just make you laugh. But um, <laughs> the the thing is, just like in her case, one of the things they did is they isolated him. Isolated yeah. him from his family, from his daughters, and held him in that house, medicated him. He didn't need any of that, um, but they medicated him. But this is one of the things they do to these people is isolation, that, and they do what's called trauma-based bonding. And they convince them that nobody wants to see them, that's the reason nobody's here. You see, nobody's here. I'm the only one who cares. You better do what I tell you because I'm the only one. And then, that is flipped over and they act like the best friend in the world and they go back to being the <laughs> antagonist and they go back and forth like this and it's called trauma-based bonding. You might know it better as the Stockholm Syndrome. People identifying with their captor. 
and these people are de- but what happens to people in isolation is that psychologically they start to decline and wither and when that happens the body starts to wither um we need human contact we 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 need it we need to be touched and hugged and spoken to and eye contact we need all of that and they intentionally oh, yeah. withhold this is a form of torture if you go to the UN on um, their thing about torture, this is number three on their isolation, strictly prohibited, because it is so damaging to the human mind. Mm-hmm. And they will isolate these people and watch them self-implode just from the isolation and still continue right on with what they're doing. But that's why I say these people, at the very minimum, have to be sociopaths. They have to be. Because a normal person couldn't stand by and do this. You couldn't do it. No. Right. Well, right. Well, now look at how much isolation is going on with the COVID. Yes, and yeah. that's intentional. They, this was a CIA PSYOP over in Afghanistan. They tried this on Afghani prisoners. It was quite successful. They made them stay six feet apart. They couldn't talk to each other. They had to wear masks. And within a very short amount of time, many of them had committed suicide. Uh, the others were cut out of their mind and disoriented. This is not a normal human state. And this has been foisted on us. Um, this is obedience training. That mask wearing is obedience training. Um, we've got several neurosurgeons coming out now and saying it's what's causing this bacterial pneumonia. And Dennis coming mm-hmm. out, I wrote about this recently, Dennis coming out and objecting to what they're calling mask mouth and as you wear a mask for a very short period of time and the bacteria and germs start colonizing that's the perfect environment for it to happen and people are getting fungus in their mouth and yeast infection and of course this gets breathed right down into the lungs and bingo bango you got pneumonia and um but now they're telling people to wear two masks no i'm not putting on the first one but it's a it's an exercise in obedience training, and um, is exactly what it is. It serves no. Fauci himself has said several on several broadcasts and in print and stuff that masks serve no use. The DOD on their website, after last year's flu vaccine and half their employees came down sick, and they tested the vaccine and found four strains of this lab created SARS virus in there. The fourth one being this bacterial pneumonia. And they published that. They aren't going to force vaccine again as far as I'm, I'm, I know at this point. But they put right on their page of what you could do about it. And one of them, I think number 11, was um, mask wearing is of no use. And, um, you know, but, I, you know, I've talked about this on other shows. I have never seen the American public so desperate, desperate to believe BS as they are with this fake-up virus that nobody's isolated or identified. or And now you're going to go let them poke you full of stuff? It, no, no, um, no. And we've got, what is it, they'll admit to almost a 1,000 dead from the vaccine? Nope. And, uh, the mayors. Yeah. But it, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This is a frightening time to be alive. It is truly a frightening mm-hmm. time to be alive. 
because but we have a lot of being exposed. Yes, yes, a lot is being lot exposed. Is being but is, exposed. It, is the exposure doing? Is it is the exposure <laughs> doing us any good, Terry? It's a good question. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, you were talking about isolating and isolating the seniors through through the COVID, and then even through isolating them as a mechanism that they use in the guardianship and. Um, yes. I remember Lonnie Brennan, the editor of, Bo- of Boston Broadside, calling talking about isolate, meditate, yes. liquidate, and yes. and he did some really um, amazing stories. Uh, but uh, they did not end up completely isolating Mrs. Bashinsky, but I found out that that was a fear of theirs. They knew that it was a possibility, and so they were they fighting against that because. Um, yeah, that is that is so common, and that's with um, the story that I covered last year in in the Birmingham area with Miss Leonard. They had her in a nursing home, and people were, were coming to see her. I talked with a couple of her um, of caregivers that came and and visitors, the people that that were friends, and um, and they would come on a regular basis and feed her because they really weren't feeding her when nobody was watching, and. Uh, then, and so um, after we did the story and exposed this, they put her in isolation and they wouldn't let her have any yes. visitors at all. And they they moved her yep. roommate, so she was in a room by herself. So she died alone. And yet, with uh, her, she had she had no terminal illness. She had uh, she had been put on. Hospice. They put her on hospice because she was old. That's what the uh, guardians did. They put yes. they, and they said that it was because she was old. And the the weirdest thing happened. We ended up through a strange circumstance. I mean, if I believed in coincidence, I would think it was a strange coincidence. But I don't. I think it was a God thing. And somebody um, just happened to uh, give a ride to. Um, Miss Leonard's daughter, and as she was talking about it, the the girl's like, "Oh, yeah. I, I have somebody that's been talking to me about what's going on over there because she was close to somebody that was a nurse at that nursing home and was just talking about it." And they said, "Yeah, they were giving her doses of morphine to um, aid yes. in the dying process." And they, she literally said it that mm. way to aid in the dying process. I'll never forget it. It's like, yes. but wow. she wasn't dying. She wasn't dying. She was not no. dying. They were giving, they, they, they hastened were, her death. They were they increasing were the dose that, yep. <laughs> that literally killed it, her. It, now, in any other circumstance, that would be called murder. Yeah. Yes, but it, it, it isn't mm-hmm. just morphine. They give morphine, um, Ativan and Haldol. They laugh on Facebook right. pages and call it a ham sandwich. And, um, they oh, take people out I've every day. This. They murdered my sister two years ago doing this, and uh, oh, but so they sorry. this is this is murder, and this here again mm-hmm. we have a group of people who are parading around like they are saints from God, who go to work every day and give these hot shots to these patients. Watch the effect. They'll tell the family, "Oh, they forgot how to swallow." No, they didn't. You drugged them so bad, the reflexive action that normally happens can't happen. Try letting it up on the drugs, and that'll come right back. 
and then they start this panting, alternated with long, drawn-out breaths, and that's the morphine shutting down the lungs. And this this is done every day of the week. Uh, they hasten death, as they call it, and like you said, this is murder. This is murder, plain and simple. Oh, yeah. And they get paid for it. And um, mm. these are contract killers, in my my estimation. But that's my opinion. I'm speaking for me there. And But this is, uh, there's a whole process in place here. You know, it's just like with this COVID thing. And they're hollering about Cuomo and the nursing homes and the deaths in the nursing home. They took all them people and stuck them in those nursing homes that supposedly were infected with something. And four days later, hospice shows up. And the reason they gave was because they're accustomed to dealing with death. I think a more honest statement would have been, they're accustomed to creating Killing death. people. And yeah. Yes. And so they go in, and all of a sudden, everybody's death, dead and dying, and they leave five days later, and the whole place is in the morgue. Um, and now you look at what's happening in nursing homes, and if, if nobody else has noticed during this whole fiasco, the only place people are dying is in the hospital or in the nursing homes, or jails, prisons, mm-hmm. you know, places where you've got a captive population. It's the only place they're dying. Mm-hmm. And so they're going into these nursing homes, and they're giving, making everybody take a COVID shot. And you immediately have 10, 12, or 20 die. But everybody else mm-hmm. is somehow magically, suddenly infected with COVID. What actually are they giving them, if any of that is true? What actually are they giving them? And I don't think they're giving them the same thing they're giving the general population because they don't want these people to hang around anyway. And so I think it's a curious thing that a whole nursing home can be wiped out in one fell swoop uh, with a shot. But like I say, the hospice shows up, grab your butt, somebody's going to the morgue. And um, yeah. But they've been using that. That all got changed under Obamacare. And they infused... Uh, hospice it used to be a good Samaritan outfit and it truly was and some there's a few little private chapters that still are right but for the most part there's some good ones yeah yeah well they got infused with 11 and a half billion with a b cash to go from good Samaritan to grim reaper and they're doing it and now we've got doctors who will just willy-nilly at someone's convenience, even if it's only their own, shove people into hospice. Then they immediately call for futility of care. And when they do that, food and water, along with any medical treatment, is stopped. They now consider food and water medical treatment and not human rights and human needs. It's medical treatment. I've seen that. So, yes. They reclassified it as medical treatment. So when they call futility a care and everything gets stopped, food and water gets stopped too. After three or four days without water, your organs start shutting down, and these people are in pain. So that's when they really come in and hit them heavy with the shots. And mm. like I say, how these people do this, how they do this and know that they have caused this much misery and pain and grief and suffering. And for people who have someone in hospice that they're doing this to, if they come in and say, they're in pain. We're going to give them a shot, and maybe we ought to roll them up on their side to kind of – that's the end right there. When you roll them up on their side, it compromises the lungs, as I understand it from several doctors. 
and it makes it even more difficult to breathe. And in the condition they're already in, death follows shortly. And so that's your cue right there. You might as well start planning the funeral because this is what they do at the end. And they give them a massive hot shot. And it just shuts everything off. And, And I guess that's merciful in its own way. But it wasn't your life. It was not your right to take that life. Just because yeah. you didn't no, think it was worth doesn't mean they didn't think it was worth living. And by the way, they can get any doctor anywhere. They can call Beetlejuice Egypt and have a doctor call futility of care. And it's quite legal. Yep. Mm. When do you think anyone's going to care about this? Like we've been talking and talking about it for so many years. And you even have well, like I like Como. What's it, how do you say his name? Como or something? He's gonna get well, away. Well, but well, everyone, he's not gonna get in any trouble. They're but, gonna bury that story. No. You don't think? Well, you think you he'll get uh, in trouble? No, it, it's like Trump. Even if they had convicted him for insurrection, he'd have never seen a day in jail. We do not put these no, special yeah. people in prison. We slap their hand, and then they go on about their merry way, and they do something else rotten and corrupt. And um, but it, they're the only. The law only applies to us, and only if they can use it to harm us. It's the only time that works. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, the law be damned. If you're rich enough, it doesn't apply. And uh, no, you know, it's just. I, I well, don't know. but and, I mean, uh, going then, back to your case, got... your your Bishinsky mm-hmm. case. Let me say this: the judge in that case got a percentage of the value of the estate for hearing that petition and every time any motion was brought in front of him or any hearing examiner ministerial clerk in a case they get a percentage of the case and on the east coast it runs about two to four percent of the value of the estate as you move across the country to california it can rise as high as six percent but see they're getting they're tapping the estate too right along with that attorney and guardian yes they are really go ahead wow i didn't know that Okay, so how I, I know you've been covering these stories for a, for a long, long time, for a lot longer than I had any idea that this stuff existed. So how did this stuff start? How did we how did we start putting people under guardianships and and manipulating that to to steal people's freedom and and livelihoods? How did this how did this start? Started. This started about about 20 years ago in earnest, and a few states had already separated probate and family court out of the civil and criminal courts, out of the regular um, common law courts. And their excuse was they, the state courts are overloaded, and you know we've got to do something. The dockets are so full, and the only thing we can do is separate these cases out and put them in their own special courts, because if we don't, had a judge tell me this in Minneapolis. If we don't, he said, then he said, we would have had to hire a bunch of new judges and gotten more courtroom space. I said, isn't that what you just did? Only you created right. a whole new court system, legal system. You created a tribunal. And the difference between a tribunal and a common law court is in the tribunal, you have no rights. And this is, and you have no right to a jury trial. You have no right to due process. You cannot speak for yourself unless you're allowed to. You cannot present any evidence. You cannot challenge any evidence brought against you. They don't follow the 
rules of evidence or the code of civil procedure. They do not operate under the law. They operate on statute, code, and regulation artificially erected to cement their existence. So <laughs> this is what you have to understand when you go in there. And people, you know, we had those cases here about 10 years ago where people are saying, you know, I've got my constitutional rights and we have judges on record saying you don't have any rights. And if you mention the Constitution again, I'll put you in jail. Well, that hearing examiner has no authority to put you in jail. They cannot hold you in contempt. They don't have the authority to do that. What they do is called spreadable. They send it over to a state court judge who signs the blank order and ships it back over to them. They fill it out, and that's how you go to jail or get held in contempt. But that hearing examiner, examiner, the magistrate or the ministerial clerk does not have the authority to do that. And so, but that's how we get by it. But anyway, what they did was they shifted these two aspects at the same time. Uh, CHIPS, the Children's Health Insurance Program, was brought about, and it quickly became Child Protective Services. When they saw how lucrative CPS was, they came out with APS right behind it. Same program, Terry, like you said, same system, same everything. Only on one end, we're targeting the elderly. On the other end, we're targeting children. And they were sent off into family court or probate court. And neither one of them should be there. If you're going to stand up and levy charges against a person you have targeted, you better have evidence. But in probate court, they're not required to have any evidence. In family court, they're not required to have any evidence. And they're never asked Mm -hmm. for any, and they never produce any. Never. Well, and I've seen that happen so many times. It, it, with Mrs. Zashinsky, mm-hmm. they um, when they went to the first hearing with some lawyers, some of her lawyers, the guys that were that were filing against her said that this was um, that there was a conflict of interest because these same lawyers had represented both the grandmother and the grandson, and so they were mm-hmm. they were allowed to reject all of these attorneys and so none of their evidence ended up being presented at all they were they did not allow her to get another attorney or anything and they just ruled without without any of that happening and that that was something that the supreme court um in alabama found a problem with and and yeah. they said that she, because she wasn't allowed to have that due process. But how many cases get to the Supreme Court of any state? I mean, Not her, many. right. So she was able yeah. to do that where most people can't. And it seems to me that when they finally, if they can actually get up to a high, high court, all of these things end up being overturned because it is, like you said, it's unconstitutional. It's, it's completely unjust. Yeah. But most people cannot afford to or have the means to get it to a higher court. Right. I have and heard. And like, that's I another place. Go ahead. Well, Go ahead. Say, like, I know in I know, like in the state of Pennsylvania, they have their. They're going to have one of their. I mean, we call it odd holes. Um, they even have their corruption all the way up to the state Supreme Court. So in certain states, mm. you're not getting anything overturned. So the fact that in Alabama wow. it was overturned is pretty amazing because I know in Pennsylvania yeah. and we know it's not happening. And we've even heard 
the corruption goes all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, that's they like in Minnesota. Yeah. Go ahead. Isn't it? Isn't it at the um, the Supreme Court? No pro se's can go before the Supreme right. Court of the United States. Yeah. And they have no right to do that. And that's why I keep saying they have long since outlived any usefulness they may have had. And once they became a certified bar association on their own, <laughs> they they removed themselves as a branch of government. And they need to be done away with. They, we need to get rid mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> Mostly what they do is they just exist to um, solidify, codify something the government has come out with. And the last big one was, of course, Obamacare. Roberts wrote the opinion on it. And if you tried to read that thing, you'd have thought he... It was, you know, I wrote at the time, it was, the lunatics are running the asylum. You couldn't make heads or tails of what this multi-page opinion said. I, oh, wow. I, I thought this man is not in his right mind. They finally asked him point blank, well, is or isn't it? Well, he said, because the government has the right to tax. Yes, it is. Well, for one thing, they don't have. Um, corporations and business was supposed to be taxed, but you and your labor was not. Of course, we see how that worked out. And the other thing was that was never the question of whether or not they could tax. You remember Nancy Pelosi stood up and she said, yes, there are taxes in it, but they won't be treated as taxes. Well, if it's a tax, why are you going to treat it as something else? So, but anyway, that aside, the question was, did they have the right to interfere in 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 commerce in the state? No. They can regulate commerce between the states, but not within the state. And so that's why they came up with all of these. Oh, what were those called? And they were funding it. They also have to provide funding so that they're not creating an economic hardship for the state. Um, the where where they were going to process all these. Um, submissions for health care through and um so they they funded all of this 700 by the way 746 million dollars was taken out of medicare to fund that to set up all those interstate call centers where you could call and get your obamacare and mm-hmm. several states buckled under the cost because it was so extreme started shutting down but that was the actual question can you, again, the federal government and the Constitution says no. You can regulate interstate trade, but not trade within the the state itself. And um, but it took three weeks and a hammer to get that out of him. It was, uh, honest to God, I've used it several times when I've been out speaking as an example of why you don't want to read anything from these people because it'll seriously mess up your mind. Um, it, I don't know if you've ever read a Supreme Court opinion. It is the biggest bunch of gibberish, gobbledygook, nonsensical, what the hell did that say, crap you will ever read. But this is an outfit wow. that's long outlived it, its purpose. Um, it's so well, far away say, from it. it it's just... I will say the, the, the decision on the Bashinsky case from the Supreme Court of Alabama did make sense, and there at, at one point I was, as I was reading through this fifth-page opinion or, or the whole document there, um, 
I was like, the nitpicking that all this little bitty happens is really irrelevant to life, and why can't they just do right. what's right and wrong? And eventually, they even came to the point of saying, look, this is a, a right and wrong. I mean, they even basically said that. And and so, yeah. but the thing was, they were only able to set aside the emergency petition. They weren't able to set aside the permanent petition, which said the same thing that the emergency one did. Yeah. Because they hadn't. Well, since guardianship ends upon death, why are they still involved in it? Uh, that's know, that's what I understand. And, and I'm sure that yep. there are lawyers looking into that because apparently there's, these guys are still involved. And, I mean, obviously they filed wow. something. They, they, they're still filing stuff. So this is crazy. They'll find, yeah. they'll find like what happened in my family. They'll find a will. It will be not signed and not notarized. And the judge will decide, yeah, that's what they meant. And all the money will go to the charities that are run by the guardians who sit on the boards. Personal mm. example. Yeah, well, that's how, I'll just that's how it will go down. Saying it was obvious that Mrs. Bashinsky's intention was that her grandson, I mean, that's, that's, very obvious yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. So. It, 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 I think where is the FBI to <laughs> investigate the racketeering under these RICO laws? Because that's what they they're doing. They won't do anything. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they but don't. They, won't they don't do care. Yeah. No, and, uh, what, what is it going know, to it, take? They'll, they'll, what would it take to change all of this? It would take legislation that made it illegal to do it to begin with would carry considerable penalties, not only for the attorneys, but for the guardians and these probate examiners, these judges or whatever they're calling themselves, because everything is facilitated by that judge, everything. And without Mm. that cooperation of that person sitting up there, none of this would work. So everything revolves and rotates around that person. So you know they've got to be getting handsomely paid somewhere uh, to make this worth their while. But mm. legislation, like I saw, saw some come out here, I think it was last year, and it was another one of these oh God, sickening titles, you know, the elder justice and we're going to really get them act or something, you know. <laughs> and yet when you read through it, any penalties did not apply to private professional guardians and attorneys. Um, that mm. was up till about eight years ago in the Florida statutes at 144.221, I think. Um, the statute about penalties and, uh, you know, if you got caught doing this, that, or something else, two asterisks, go down to the asterisk, does not apply to attorneys or professional guardians. And yeah. out in Boston, here three years ago, that Harshberger that used to be their attorney general tried to push a bill out there that he apologized. He wanted to get that passed while he was attorney general, but he just didn't get it done. And it basically was a sweeping piece of legislation that um, they might as well have loaded up stock trucks and cattle chutes for this one. And it got to a part in there where anybody involved in this, everybody had immunity from the attorneys and the guardians and the judges and whoever else all the way down to the workers in the nursing home had immunity even in the event of um, ordinary negligence and I thought ordinary what is ordinary negligence 
I couldn't find any definition for that. So I wrote the man three different letters, and he never did respond. And I told him, I said, for the life of me, I don't know what this means. What is ordinary negligence? It's either negligence or it isn't. And, of course, I never got a response, but as far as I know, that bill never passed. Did you ever see, you spoke of Lisa Belanger, and it's been some years back, the video of her in front of the Massachusetts Supreme Court, and she was trying to get her dad, and the guardians and attorneys are going over there to the judge, and they're going whining, going, Your Honor, she's costing the estate money. She's costing the estate money bringing us here. And she said, I'm not getting a dime. She said, you, on the other hand, are sucking it dry. And they, she wow. said, she's costing it money. And Lisa got mad. And the tears were rolling down her. This makes me want to cry to even talk about it. Rolling down her face. She said, keep the damn money. Just give me back my father. And nope. Nope. I did not say this the video. Any good yeah, this was years ago. It just killed me. It truly did. And um, well, I did see the the but, finances. I did watch the finances of that estate. I think it was started out at like six million dollars, and I know the last time I yep. looked at it, they had whittled it down to about two million. And they kicked her out mm-hmm. of her father's at the beginning of all this. They kicked her out of her yep. father's house. She and her family were living there, and they kicked her out yep. of of the house. Yep. And 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 they just and they went to the estate to, to like nothing with um with yes. with stupid stuff. I mean, some of the things that they were billing yes. astronomical amounts is just amazing. And I, they were trying well, to do that. Good. I'm working on trying to do that with uh, Ms. Bisky's case because there was a lawyer that uh, AL dot com did a series on on this with some phone calls. And, and stuff where some people were were trying to get this lawyer, the, these other lawyers in there, and this one said, well, she charges $425 an hour, and uh, and Mrs. Hachinsky is like, I can't afford that. They were lying to her, telling her that if um, that she uh, didn't let these guys take over and help her, that she wouldn't be able to stay in her house. I'm like, how do you figure that? I mean, the house is paid for. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, yeah. they were just – Back to just manipulating and bullying. It's bullying. It was bullying. Didn't mm-hmm. we have like yes. anti-bullying campaigns a while a little while back? But they were yeah, bullying, yeah. and and it was just like just like a plug bull. Well, if you do it the way we do it, then then you're we're going to take all your cookies and 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 yep. I mean, just trying to beat her down. It yeah. was cruel. It was very cruel. Yeah. Do you know when the on Lisa's case? Do you know that? When they first petitioned and everything else, and they stated the value of his estate, and by the way, this was done to him by his own attorney who hired an attorney and guardian to go after him. But anyway, they said it would take approximately seven to eight years before his estate was depleted, and guess he died right on time, as it was about somewhere between seven and eight years, almost eight years when he died, and all of his money was gone. And then Lisa was still fighting them. They were still trying to sell his home. And here, the guardianship's over. He's dead. You have no, yeah. no, you know. And um, so it just. Uh, yeah. and, and we're talking about people law, here that, that know how to be prepared, that have these trusts, that have everything yes. set up just right. 
the thing that they they come on the the Saturday radio shows when you're driving down the car about how estate and all of this, and it's, they they did everything they were supposed to do. They did everything they knew to do, and it still wasn't enough. No, I mean it, right. it just um, wasn't enough. And it yeah. makes me realize that you know they they could if they can do that to people like that they they could do that to anybody. There's nobody safe. Yeah, it's not no one's safe. It, again. Right. And and nobody no and that's just it. Nobody is safe. And if you think you are, you're a fool. Um, you have to be mm-hmm. watchful all the time and never go into this thinking that the law will protect you because you will find out the law hasn't got a damn thing to do with this. Um, we are not safe anywhere. These predators, like I say, what scares me, Terry, is there are so many of them running loose in the population. I think mm-hmm. these people need to be locked oh. up somewhere where the only people they have to prey on is each other. And um, But I truly do. I think anybody that has participated in this, whether it was a guardian or an attorney or one of these probate judges, they need to be locked up together and um, yeah. and uh, out of uh, out of circulation. They, these people are a danger to all of us. And um, yeah. I don't know. We're down to about the last four minutes here. Terry, I want to thank you for coming on. This has been a very lively discussion. And uh, well, thank we're you. going to want to have you back again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, uh, and, you know, you get another case you want to talk about. Keep us posted on what goes on here if anything new and unusual happens. Uh, do you have anything you want to add? And I want to remind everybody, Terry has the uh, Real News Spark page, and it's that .com, I believe. And yeah. um, you can go there, and she's got a lot of her writings there and everything. Um, you will you will be impressed at the, her skill at writing. You're, you're very good. I really have to admire you. Um very good writer and very meticulous. And I like that, the detail. Um, there's no questions left to be asked when you get done reading it. It's like, well, why didn't she talk about what you did? So, you know, but is there anything else you'd like to say before we close down? You know, God said at the beginning of creation it, that was not good for man to be alone. And so that's why woman was created in the, in the Genesis stories. And so, we're supposed to be in community. None of this is the way that God God meant for this for humanity for family to work. Family is is supposed to be no family is the very foundation of society, and we must protect yes. family. We must, and we've got to got to do whatever we can to protect the the um the building block of society which is family and so i'm not giving up and i know you ladies are not giving up and the nope. newsmax had an article today about the silent epidemic preying on america's elderly and they were addressing that and we just got to keep on talking and keep on praying and never give up yeah, yeah. you only give well, you only lose when on. you give up yeah and uh We've got a lot of irons in the fire. Like I told you earlier, we have to keep everything quiet because the glory hogs run in and derail everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, but if you come up with anything, and I keep trying to come up. i got some half-baked plans, but I don't know how to actually put them in motion. You know, what would be the best way to go? I can think of several ways to do it, but is it the best way? And um, But we need to to really... 
stand up together. Uh, there's people we can't allow mm-hmm. to stand with us because they have no credibility. They're looking for celebrity. I'm not into that. And um, But we, we need to pull together here and see what we can mm-hmm. do. And Terry, they keep sending your articles. They, I, I was impressed. Yes, it takes a lot to impress me. Uh, <laughs> it really does <laughs> these days. But uh, and thank you. That I was impressed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, we will be back Sunday night with Tanya talking about the prisons and uh, across the country, but most especially in Oklahoma. She's making tremendous headway there, has caused quite a ruckus. And <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. And uh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, they're paying attention. And, um, but. The abuse in our prisons is something to be ashamed of. And uh, But anyway, we'll be talking about that. And, of course, next week is full. And I've got people backed up clear into April. I'll get you all scheduled. I promise you I will. But I'm old and I'm slow and I'm tired. But anyway, <laughs> we'll be back, everybody. Terry, thank you so much for being our guest. And Cuz, thank, you, thank so you for being thank here, you. too. And I, I like being on air with you. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll be talking to Terry again. And for everybody, Thank thanks for taking time out to listen to us. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night.